welcome into the new experience. We don't even have a name for it. It's true. David James, Jake Hatch. Yep, we're putting an emphasis on podcasts here at 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So here's your soccer podcast. I think it'll be RSL centric, but we got a gold cup. We got a women's world cup. We're going to end up watching that stuff and talking oh, yeah. about it. You Absolutely. know, we are. We need a name. Petkey's Peeps. What's up in Harriman? I like the What's Up in Harriman. RSL, the <laughs> podcast. All right, you, and there's probably got to be close to six or seven of you for the first podcast. You have to help name us, okay? You can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at David DJ James. You are at Jacob C. Hatch. Yuck talk. Yep. And you will help us come up with a name for this. Scotty G is encouraging more podcasts. So I'm looking at doing this digital platform. With you. Exactly. And so. I mean, we had like 2.1 million downloads just of the segments that we already do on the radio. You want to try 3.3 million. Oh, was it? Scotty told me 2.1. We did 3.3. Well, that's in two iterations, essentially. Oh, really? We had an old podcast plat- uh, po- platform for uh-huh. our podcast. Moved over to the new one. If you combine the two, a cool 3.3 million. Wow. Excellent. All right. Well, we're adding this to it. And uh, so tell your friends, mm-hmm. tell your people, hit us up with stuff you want us to talk about, and we can get right to it. We are not to the Gold Cup no. and the Women's World Cup yet, so we'll focus on RSL and the start of the Major League Soccer season. And uh, why not start it when the club's got a three-game losing streak? Is our timing <laughs> exquisite, or is it just me? We're getting I, in on the ground floor. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So, to break down the really in-depth stuff that you're going to tune in for this week, I think this week, and not all of you will understand this, because this is, I mean, you have to have a certain level of soccer knowledge to really understand what we're going to talk about now, but I'll go slow so you can keep up. Here it is. Are you ready? They need to stop taking red cards. I know. I know. Now, let me explain why. (laughs) Holy cow, it's Captain Obvious material. We had this like four years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Different regime, yes. right? That was pre-Mike Petke. Jeff Kassar. It was the Jeff Kassar era. But there was a stretch where they got a red card every time they turned around. I think it was yeah. Hamas and Alavis last year. Hamasin, who, by the way, little known fact, is the Major League Soccer all-time career red card leader. I did not know the that. The only guy who ever made it to double digits. 10, 10, 10, 10. <laughs> he had 10 red cards? Yeah. Holy smokes. He's a big physical defender. He was. You got, you got the last man, you know, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So you got a lot of opportunities. And uh, he just crushed people. True. <laughs> so that was the bottom line there. Yeah, and Beckerman is the all-time yellow card leader. Yeah, I knew that one. It's uh, 80 for RSL and 123 for his career. Wow. I think. Yeah. Well, good for you, Kyle. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's what you get for playing 20 years. Yeah. And you play a position where, you know, tactically you're supposed to foul, so they're going to, you know. You take your chance. Plus, he likes to tell referees how much they suck. He's cut back on that. I don't know if you've noticed that, but the he last has. year and a half, he's cut back on that a lot. He does not let them know as much as he used no. to. You're right. He's dialed that down a but little bit. But you said, DJ, five red cards, five goals this season. That's not, that's not how you want things to go if you're an RSL fan, an RSL player, or associated with the club in any which way. Well, you got multiple things going on. When they finish with 11 guys on the field, they got a draw mm-hmm. in Houston and a win at home. Yep. And forever, three points at home, one on the road, has been a given. And they do it when they finish with 11. Now, they've taken four red cards in three games. Yes. You finished? They've had one red card go the other way against mm-hmm. Houston with about 10 minutes to go. Yeah, and they held on. And Houston was able to hold on for that 10 minutes. I do think part of the problem RSL has had, has had scoring goals is the fact that they've been on the road a lot and they've been down a man a lot. At this point, I think if you add up all the man down minutes, it's about a game and a half. Okay. 
over of the last three games, 270 yeah. minutes. They've been a man down for a well, probably for a little more than 90. So it's a little more than a game and a half, but it's not quite two games. So that has been part of the goal scoring problem. Uh, but, you know, they've created chances and then not, not finished. That was a big problem against Vancouver. Um, I think the other thing, and this is going to sound like we're talking about the Jazz over and over again, is PK going to listen to the podcast and bring it up on the Aaron Rippus? What do you think? 100% yes. Yeah. 100%. But it's just like the Jazz. The start of the season, mm-hmm. the schedule was tough for the Jazz. The start of the season, the schedule's very difficult for RSL. Yes. I was just looking at the uh, ESPN power rankings for this week. Okay. RSL's played the top three teams in the league, and Houston six, mm-hmm. and... Vancouver's way down the line. RSL was like 19 out of 24, according to ESPN. Um, About where I figured com. they'd land. Yeah. And so, and then Vancouver was down 20 or 21 or whatever. Um, but, you know, everybody thinks LAFC is really good. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks DC United is off to a great start. I mean, they've had some difficult matchups here right out of the gate. And Dallas is Dallas is blazing early on. I and mean, hey, Dallas looks great. Now Dallas has looked great early on. I was on gonna say that's a typical faded Dallas before. situation. Right. Yeah. But man, they ran a lot of teenagers and young twenty somethings out there. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of kids twenty three and under. You know, basically half their field players are homegrowns and they have subs they bring in as homegrowns. And those guys on the road performed at a high, yeah. high level. Now, the match, two freaky things happened. One, RSL thought they could ease into the match, and they gave up a goal in the first minute. Yep. Also a problem that goes back four years to the Jeff Kassar era. Yep. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you take the red card in the 17th minute. You're down a man, you're down a goal. It was kind of amazing they scored twice, and that's one of the reasons I'm not that worried about the offensive issues going forward. They have guys who should score, who haven't yet. Savarino, that was a quality goal. Yes. That was a Big time finish. I mean, if you go back and watch that clip, maybe I should post some of these on Twitter so you can just go David DJ James and see him. But watching that, he was going, it was it was one V three. Yeah. And then it was two V five and then three V six. And you like yeah. usually you wait for support, but since you're a man down, there's always gonna be a numbers problem. You gotta go. You just hey, you gotta go. And Petkey, and you get this if you watch those mic up segments closely, and if you talk to him on Tuesdays, he usually does media media availability. Mm-hmm. He wants him to hit and transition more. And Dallas plays the way he wants. That the way he wants. That one step, the the square ball or or that one step. No, that's too much. And you can see him start to lose it on the sideline. Yeah. Go, go, Just go. go. Yeah. They're starting to have the athleticism to do it. Yeah. They do. Saverino, Lennon, Baird. They get some guys who can fly. Plata when he's healthy. And I think we're getting closer to that. I don't know exactly when they're going to put him in, but I think we're past the point where he can't. I think we're now up to the point, or almost. He may play for the Monarchs first. We'll have to see. There's been some There's been some thought of, of these guys coming back. Yeah. Should get 45 Eas- for the Monarchs. Easing back in, yeah. The thing is, if the Monarchs are home, I just don't think they're big on them playing 90 minutes on turf. So Probably not a smart call. But I still see, I think they've got enough speed that they can really do this, and now they've got to, you know... Rusnak's not a burner, but he's not slow either. He played, you know? in, a, he played in a league, the Dutch era to VC, that you play at full speed all the time. So he's used sure. to going. Sure. And if you have the pace to play and to score in European qualifiers, yeah. and he just had a goal and assist. Yes, he did. So he can do it's it. good enough. So we'll see if we get more of that out of them. Um, and, and maybe while they're on the road, because you know, yeah. they're going to have to be counterattack minded. They're going to sit well, With Sam deep. Johnson probably taking over Demir Krylak's spot this week against Seattle, is that what you kind of expect? Sit back and then try and punch him on the counter? I don't know what they're going to do against Seattle this week. To me, it's wide open. Well, I do think I would expect that they will sit back. 
on the. I mean, Pecky in several interviews now has said. I want them to play a certain way, but I have to be realistic on the road. Yeah. And they seem to be. I mean, if you watch the LAFC game, don't take my word for it. Watch the LAFC yeah, game. Absolutely. That was morphing between. It was a. It was a, basically it was a four four one with Brooks Lennon as a wild card. Yeah. And sometimes, and I don't know what he was. Key, I'm still trying to figure out what he was keying off. There clearly was a way he wanted them playing. Yes. And was he keen on the attacker on that side? It was mostly Rossi. Was he? It turned into a five four one at times. Yes. And Herrera would pinch in. It wasn't just Brooks tracking back. It, yeah, it was, no, he, you know, there were keys that they were seeing. Yeah. But there were other times he was a little up higher to start the counter. And it didn't even have to do with side of the... No, he Both just, sides yeah. when he was on the weak side, when the ball went to the far sideline, mm-hmm. he could still make it look like a 4-5-1 or a 5-4-1. Yes. And it was, it was in flux. So do you think that's a more common? I wouldn't be surprised if they played similarly against okay. Seattle. Jordan Morris, the guys they have up top that can really burn you. Yeah, and Ladero. Yeah. I mean, his ability, you know, there's only a handful of guys. Garth Lagerway, who's in Seattle now, yes. who used to be here as a GM, but he's up there now. He talked about Beckerman. Beckerman went away for international duty, and I think Colin Warner was uh, replacing him at that point in the defensive mid. And he said, you know, he played well. And he says, but guys come in and play well, and they're not Kyle. Yeah. So Kyle's ability to be defending, facing his own goal, and Arzell wins the ball, and someone plays it quickly to Kyle, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, most players in MLS take a touch into space, turn, survey the field, and play a quick ball. That's what a good player does. Kyle has turned his body 90 degrees, surveyed the field, and with one touch starts the counter. And that touch that ability. means everything. Yeah. That is a step or two versus a fast guy and gives you a, a leg up. Or, yeah. Wingers, just, yeah. the nine, if he's taken off on a run down the middle, whoever. And like you miss that because there aren't that many guys who can do that, and Kyle can. And whoever you plug in, and that year it was Colin Warner, it was other mm-hmm. guys before and after, but none of them are going to be able to do that. Well, that's a – yeah, you're right. Kyle's always been the ability to spring guys forward – can Everton Louise help do that? I think Everton Dunny always drops the guys play the position differently, and Everton and, plays it a special and Everton way. plays it differently. And I have not seen him play those balls specifically. Uh, the thing that he has that kind of reminds me of Kyle when Kyle was in the Diamond in 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, late 20s Kyle, not mid to late 20s Kyle, not mid to late 30s the Kyle, des- the destroyer, the destroyer, and Everton can just run forever. Yeah. He ran at one point in the game. He ran. He was kind of in the traditional defending, you know, mm-hmm. just beyond the top of the 18, and he ran and pursued somebody and made him play a negative ball, and then ran at that guy, and made him play a negative ball, and allowed the whole back four to steal 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And then he turns, and by now he's kind of over by the fourth official. Yeah. They were defending with their backs to the uh, big scoreboard Okay. Okay. in the south yeah. end. And he makes that run, and the ball gets played across the back, and he just turns and sprints 45 yards. Some guys will make that first run, mm-hmm. but to turn and make another 40-yard run? Dude, you're a freak. That is impressive. What, what he does is, you're right, Kyle's ability is to turn and spring the counter. Everton's more of a guy I feel like would just take the ball and sprint upfield with the ball. Right. Letting, yeah, yeah. letting guys get forward yep. and then playing. I agree. And, you said, and it the, almost morphs into a 10. Yeah, exactly. So he's more of that box-to-box eight that they thought Demir was. Yeah, so I that that ability, having those two guys on the field together, I think they play off yeah. each other well. And that's why Everton's fit in so well right. early on. So back to your original point about what yeah. the lineup's going to look like this week. Um, I don't know exactly because there are so many options now. Yeah, there are. You know, you can put 
You know, so Demir's out. Yes. So Rusnak probably goes into the 10 where he was last year. Mm-hmm. And you got Severino on one side. Now, do you want to play Corey up top and give Bofo or Plata, if he's healthy, a start on the side? Where do you have Do you Sam want to Johnson? play Sam up yeah. top? So Sam can go up top, mm-hmm. and there's three guys who can go on the side. Yes. And one of them, Corey Baird, can go in either one of the spots. Absolutely. So any of those combinations are possible. What's Mike going to like? Now, you know, depending on how you're feeling, mm-hmm. and they never let us know on this, but putting a guy on turf can be a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Could Plata's first game back be on turf? Sure. Could they wait another week and give him 45 minutes with the Monarchs? Maybe. I don't, I don't know how it's going to be played. To me, it looks like there's four or five possible combinations. I'd venture to say that Plata does get that time with the Monarchs, let him have his first full game back on grass. That's just me. That's, it, that, that's, it makes sense. It could happen. But if Plata is chomping at the bit and they need more goals, yes. because the thing is you've got this competitive thing that they've wanted forever, they've never had it to this mm-hmm. degree in, with the attacking four players. Guys have had more spots nailed, nailed down more than this. Maybe there have been one or two guys. But they literally have four guys will start and then another three or four guys that you can bring yeah. in. I mean, where does Tate Schmidt well, that's, figure in all yeah. of this? Yeah. Maybe he's up top. I didn't mention him. Mike loved him. Yeah. Because he said so after the game in L.A. when, he got his, when Tate got his first start, and he said it again in training after he watched the film. So... It's probably my bad for not bringing his name up for that long. So add him into the mix. You're right. The the depth at the attacking positions for RSL, literally, I don't even think if you go, go back even to the days of Jason Christ, they've never been deeper in my mind. So there are just a ton of basketball, soccer <clears throat> parallels. Yes. Grass versus wood, five guys versus 11 guys. But after that, and there's a lot of parallels. You're constantly trying to get 3v2 and mm-hmm. 2v1. Yeah. In both sports, that's what you're trying Absolutely. to do. The lock goes into, you run a pick and roll, and you flip it into another pick and roll. Right, because you get the third defender over there, and now oh, you got something going on the other side, you right? you 2v1 over there, yeah. Right. And so, <clears throat> one thing that I, I know Coach used to coach the Blazers, and he says, depth is great. Okay. You want to have it, but you oversell it if you forget that you can only play five guys at a time. In the case of soccer, 11 guys at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, if, so, yes, you want to have a lot of depth, and that's great, but if you have a 15 or 20 goal score, or in the case of Atlanta last year, a 30 goal score at the top, you have the advantage over the team of depth. Absolutely. Arcel has eight great attackers. That's awesome. Only four of them are playing at a time. Mm-hmm. Five late in a game if you go three in the back and you sub a guy in because you need a goal, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, fill in the blank, you know, is run, fill in the blank team is running out a 15 to 20 goal score. Oh, they got an advantage over you. Yeah. So. Now, ideally, Corey Baird grows into that, or Demir Krylock. You know, Krylock had 12 goals last year. And it's one of the most but under- as an attacker, he probably played, off the top of my head, I'd say 60% of the season in an attacking role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corey Baird played about half the season. He sat for a big chunk of the season, and he was a sub for another big chunk of the season. MLS Rookie of the Year. But if someone turns into, hey, I'm going to start 25 matches, and I'm going to sub another half dozen matches... You know, that's, that's to me in my mind. That's close enough to full time to be full time. Okay, in a thirty-four game season, did they become a fifteen goal guy? That's only three more goals for Crylock. Yeah, well, I think that's what they hope Sam Johnson turns into. They didn't go out and, and maybe it's him. They didn't pay big money to bring a guy in that they don't think can score goals in bunches. That's just 
based on what they paid, his reputation. But if they get internal growth, organic growth in the words of the Jazz, yes. right? This internal organic growth from a guy who turns into 18-goal guy, what does a fan care? Goals. That's Who's getting paid what? Yeah, they, they just want I get goals. the players do as their livelihood yeah. in their bank yeah. account, but it's just kind of like, hey, just need someone who's going to deliver 18 goals. And if that's Corey, great. If that's Demir, great. If that's Sam, great. But just show me the guy. Well, you pointed something out to me last year, DJ. The season was winding down. I was belaboring the point that RSL seemingly couldn't score goals. And you you pointed out to me, they scored more goals last year as a team than they had scored. Was it? It was the second highest total in club history. And I, had, I think it was 55 and the record's 57. And that kind of floored me. And I went back and looked at it and you were dead on. And more importantly, in the playoffs against the highest level opponent, mm-hmm. under the most pressure, mm-hmm. where guys are going to be given a better effort, more attention to detail. Again, the MLS yeah. playoffs or the NBA playoffs. There's Absolutely. so many parallels, yeah. right? So they score three goals in L.A., mm-hmm. One goal at home, and they go to Kansas City and score two more. So you play two of three on the road, and you score six goals. You don't have a goal-scoring problem. Now, maybe they will this year, because last year is last year. It's funny. Petke said that Tuesday at training. Okay. He said that. Last year's last year. I'm like, am I talking to Quinn Snyder? (laughs) I talked to Quinn Monday night, and he drops last year is last year in the Jazz postgame. And then Tuesday, I go out, and Petke drops last year is last year. Well, it cracks me up. So as we do this podcast more and more, you're going to hear me reference other sports. But and there's two kinds of people who hate that. One, the person who likes most of the traditional, you know, the big four, yeah. North American sports, and they don't really like soccer, and it really pisses them off. Mm-hmm. And then the person who likes soccer but doesn't like the other sports and doesn't want to the compare. The eclectic soccer right. fan. But I'm a soccer fan for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. One, bringing the 94 World Cup here was brilliant. They yes. were trying to get people like me, and I'm living proof that it worked. Okay. From that day forward, I watched way more soccer than I watched before because it wasn't available. Yeah. But it I knew the U.S. qualified in 1990 with, a, with some kind of, you know, galazzo, right? Yes. The wonder goal. But you weren't. But I didn't see yeah. it. It yeah. wasn't on TV. Yeah. I saw it years later on YouTube. Yeah, but you weren't. You didn't see it live. And no, I didn't but, see it live until the since drama. Since 94, the proliferation. I started watching of, World yeah. Cup. Yeah. I watched the early days of MLS, and I struggled with it. Well, I think everybody struggled with it. Was, it. it was not good soccer. And plus, it's what the AAF just went through folding. Early on, you make up these teams, but there are no rivalries. There are no, you know. And now, like when, when RSL plays a Galaxy, I know the history, mm-hmm. right? When And we had it in our pregame show, and I know most people don't watch the pregame show, and you should. I do. But we were talking, we do this broadcast call every Monday and start to plan for the next yeah. week, right? And so I was talking to Kenny Neal, our producer director, and this guy's awesome. Okay. okay, the guy who produces and directs RSL games, and we mm-hmm. take a feed on the road now, yeah. but at home he does it all, right? He's done the Olympics, and he's done the World Cup. Okay. When Fox bleeped up the World Cup, he they flew him to Russia on no notice. He was a based in LA guy. Wow. They flew him to Russia to fix it. And he's like, he has never told me what went wrong or why he went. I know, because I work in broadcasting, if they spent money, something got jacked up. Yeah. And he went over there and unjacked it. Gotcha, Okay. And I don't think those are the words that Fox executives were using. But we're on a podcast. We also... We're trying to maintain a standard that I have to keep. Because one day I'll forget. I'm on radio or TV. I'll think I'm on a podcast. Oh, I can't say and that. We don't then I'll have that. to apologize. Yep. It'll be public humiliation. You know, I can humiliate myself with a drop that you and well, PK can laugh we're about We're also forever. giving PK plenty of ammo with this podcast yeah, alone. Whatever. So fine. Whatever. So... Um, so we were talking, and so they had the goal disallowed at LAFC, okay. where the ball's deflected, and it falls mm-hmm. to Bofo, who was offside, and he scores. And they wave it off. 
And Kenny's going nuts because of the way the rule's been interpreted over time. I said, Kenny, there's a perfect parallel. RSL played the Galaxy at home at Rio Tinto. The same thing happened. Javier Morales got a goal off a deflected ball. Mm -hmm. It stood, and Bruce Arena lost his mind. He was flapping. He was a Galaxy coach at the time. He's flapping. The jacket's coming up over his head. I mean, he was going to stroke out on the sideline. (laughs) He was losing his mind. And Kenny went and dug up the video. The only thing I screwed up is I thought it was like, I said, I think it was like... I think it was three or four years ago, mm-hmm. which probably means it was five or six. It was 2010. <laughs> oh, almost a decade. Nine years ago. Nice. Well done. Whoops. It's three. No, it's six. Oh, it's actually nine. My bad. Time's flying. It's but picking still, up speed. The older I yeah. get, the faster it goes. Yeah, they just they changed the interpretation of the rule because it was the exact same play, and that was a goal, and this wasn't. And, well. and both times, you get a couple of days later, and you know the management over the refs stand by the call. Okay, changing the rules. That's why people say stuff like, I don't even know what the rules are anymore. Petkey, Brian Dunseth. Dunny. Yeah. I was going to say, I, was <laughs> yeah, like, I, was like, I don't even know what a handball is anymore. You're going to mention Dunny here? Yeah. Like, we need to have Dunny on this podcast. We need to have him call in sometime because he's got always got some good thoughts. Oh, he's got a million stories. Yeah. All right, anything else you want to share here in our inaugural thought as they go to Seattle in a match that are obviously massive underdogs? Seattle's got three wins and a draw out of the gate. The only team to get a result, Vancouver. Uh, they played a scoreless draw up in Vancouver last week after that's, three straight wins. That's the thing, though. I felt like they were massive underdogs going into LAFC. They came up just a couple minutes short of getting a draw there. I feel like they have a similar type of scenario going into Seattle. I'm expecting a pretty good performance. They are better as underdogs than they are as front runners and Absolutely. favorites. I think yeah. that's... You know, this this group of guys over the last couple of years, Mike Pecky's mentality, uh, the young guys on the team. Yeah. You know, there is a little bit of play to the level of the opponent, you know, sure. going on. Yeah. They, they they step up when the lights are brightest. So I expect them to go out there and give it give it their all. Seattle's off to a flying start this year, so watch out. Right. You know, the one thing that has happened is I think they become much better in possession on turf. Now, we'll see if that translates to goals. A year ago, they won, and Bofo had a great goal. He did. It was his first goal, and he bent that thing in. It was beautiful. Well, it was a goal that they said he'd been making in practice all the time, and he finally he translated does. to the field. He does. Yeah. That, that's his sweet spot. Yeah. That's That, that's that move. Yeah. Put him on the left side, let him cut it back onto his right foot, mm-hmm. and bend that ball around the defender and the keeper and knock out the cobwebs, as Dunny likes to say. That's <laughs> that's it. That's Bofo. And yeah. you know, if you had to one signature move, that's it for him. So I just expect him to go up there, nothing to lose, play well, and we'll see if they can pull out a result. Because I thought LAFC, I was, I was that, that was going to be a point. I, I thought was, that was, gonna I be was a writing point. a story for 1280thezone.com that was all about a draw, and yeah. then Walker Zimmerman decides to hit a Galazzo, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm rewriting everything and hit delete and rewrote it all. Yep. All right, thanks for joining us here on the original edition, season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to call it. You got to help us out. Yeah. Tweet us a name for it at David DJ James. We'll take them all into consideration. Pecky's peeps. What's so- happening in Harriman? We're not doing soccer McSoccer face. I can tell you that much. No, we're not doing that. Uh, but maybe you should take into account that we will talk. You know, the big tournaments, Women's World Cup, Gold Cup, RSL. Up. The podcast is also out there. All right, DJ and Jakob. I like it. We'll talk to you again next week.